0: We are here, ready to go. Dave Therry and the Hope Radio, the Hope Club podcast. Love the Word of God. Love having you guys come around and share that Word of God as well. It's so important. You know, we're living in crazy times. So our strength is really in God's wisdom, which is found in His Word. I want to begin a series today. We're going to look at some Bible men. Men of the Bible, and ladies, it's for everybody, it's for you too, that's okay. We'll do one later for the ladies of the Bible too. But it's gonna be a character study for the Christian man. And I think that the men that we'll be looking at, we can derive some really good insights for our own personal walk. My hope is that in this series of messages, It'll bring us to a place where we can learn about what it means to be a follower of Christ, what it means to put faith in God, and to act on that faith, to live in that faith. That's the difference. I think that's what divides Christians today. Those that say they have faith, and maybe they do. And then those that live in that faith, and they let that faith direct their steps. When we look at the people of the Bible, some got it right. Some didn't get it that right. That's okay, But we can learn from all of them. Today, we begin with a man called Noah. Oh, we're all familiar with Noah. And we find his story beginning in Genesis chapter 6. I want us to look at the person of Noah, as well as the life of Noah. Because if you're going to study the life of a person, you've got to look at their character, too. Matter of fact, wouldn't you say the character shapes the life? (laughs) I think so. I think it would. So, you don't want to work on your life. You want to work on your character. That's the key. Let the character shape your life, okay? So, we pick it up with Noah. Um, He lived in a very contentious environment. He was kind of like a square peg in a round hole. He experienced circumstances that have never occurred before and will never occur again. The whole world was in wickedness. I mean like every person. There was not one that was righteous except for him. That was it, just him. And God was going to do something that seemed very strange. And he invited Noah to come along. You like it when God invites you to into what he's doing? He's going to do something and he says, Come on, I want you to be part of this. Sometimes the things God does by sight, they look a little crazy. God, really? You're really going to do that? You really want me to be part of that? I don't know. I mean, think of what God told Noah. And Noah said, Let's get at it. We could try to imagine what it was like living in an ark. An ark is this large floating vessel for a whole year. And with all those animals, the smells, the tight quarters, the noise of all those critters, that would certainly tax the imagination. But I don't want this study to tax your imagination. <laughs> I want it to bring you to a place where perhaps maybe you yourself have felt like Noah at one time in your life. A person against the world. The whole world was against you. The Lord called Noah. And he spent the next, what? 120 years building God's salvation ship. 120 years after he was called. Now, during that time, you know what the Bible calls Noah? A preacher Of righteousness. And I think he was preaching of the coming judgment. That's what I was thinking of. That a judgment was coming. And uh, he was getting people ready for it. But you know, the people, they didn't care. They didn't care about any judgment that was coming. But Noah kept at the task. You know why? He was a faithful man. You see, a faithful man keeps at the task even when everybody else is against him. Oh, how do I know if I'm a faithful person? I keep at the task, even though everybody else is against me. Noah not only had a love for God, he also had a burden for the sins of man. He worked diligently completing the ark, and then the sins of the world were washed away. Of course, God had to wash away the people in order to wash away the sins. The ark was a type of Christ. A lot of symbolism in the Bible. That's why it's such an incredible book. The ark was a type of Christ. You see, when Jesus came and he died on the cross, he also washed away the sins of the world. And just like the people had to believe the message of Noah by faith to escape the coming judgment, which they didn't, and they couldn't, and they wouldn't. So today, people must put their faith in Christ to escape the judgment of their own sins. You know, the ark wasn't built for people. The ark was built for Noah and his family. That's it. The ark was built for eight people. So let's pick up the story in Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Why this great cataclysmic event? Well, the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every intent, wow, every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil, continually. This is what God saw. He saw into the minds of men that they were filled with thoughts of corruption and continual evil. They were living in evil every day. Every day. You know, an assortment of sins is not mentioned. Nor does God mention a category of broken rules. There is something more serious at hand. It was the corrupt thinking of man that displeased God. It was his thinking. Yet, Paul gives us instructions on how we're to think. You know what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians 4 8? Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of a good report, if there is any excellence and if anything worthy of praise, and there is, dwell on these things. Oh, God is so good. God tells us where to put our mind because the mind directs the steps. So the Bible is not saying, do these things. It's saying, think on these things. And why is that? Because what we do begins with what we think. That's why. The difference between a good man and a bad man lies in what he thinks. Not what he does, what he thinks Because the thinking leads to doing. The boundary line between virtue and vice is situated in the imagination. You know, we live in a day and age today here in America where people don't think and look inwardly. It's all about the outward. You go to Hollywood, it's all about the outward. You go to liberal schools, it's all about the outward. Where is it? That people are really steered to look inwardly. To train their mind to think on positive things so they can have a positive outcome in their life. Not too many places. I'll tell you where, the church. That's where, the church. The Christian school. The Christian school trains kids. The training begins on the inside, in the heart. And then it works its way outwardly. Genesis 6.5 isn't saying, look at what they're doing. It's saying, look at what they're thinking. That's what it's all about. God mentioned it. It's all about the thoughts of man. Today, the same question goes out to each and every one of us. What are you thinking? What are you dreaming of? What are you infatuated with? Noah's mission, it wasn't to predict the future, the coming of a great flood and for everyone to get into the ark to be saved. I believe it was to pronounce righteousness versus evil. To draw the line. And tell people, listen, you can't straddle that line. You can't have one foot in righteousness and one foot in evil. The world in Noah's day was filled with evil. And Noah was the preacher of righteousness. You know, so many things in your life border on righteousness versus evil. They do. I don't know how aware we are that as we go through life and as we go through the day, the weeks, the months, the years, we border on righteousness versus evil. And why do I say that? Because I look at the certain results of some people's lives. Some lives result in good health. Some lives result in poor health. Some lives result in a happy marriage. Some lives result in divorce. Some lives have what they need to live on. Others have financial problems. Some people, they know how to live at peace. Others, Seems to be conflict all the time. Why? Because we live in a world filled with good and evil, righteousness and evil, and we have to choose righteousness. Many times, it's our own thinking and responses to situations that bring these things upon us. We don't want to play the blame game. Don't blame people. For your poor health, when maybe you've made choices that weren't good, or for your divorce or your financial problems, when you've made bad choices, personal conflict, you can't get along with people. Don't blame others. Look at your choices. Look at your thinking. Are you thinking along the lines of righteousness? Are you thinking along the lines of evil? When Jesus began his ministry, you know what his first message was? Very short, sweet, right to the point. Boom. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That was his message. He came out of the wilderness, went three rounds with the devil, beat him in every round. Then he started his ministry, and he told people, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The kingdom of heaven was himself. It was his own, his own presence among them. And the repentance had to do with their thinking. Change the way you're thinking and look at me. Look at Christ. That's where we start. Where do we start changing the way we think? Say, oh, I don't like the way I think. What do I do? Look at Christ. That's where it begins. Because bad thoughts, you know why? Looking at the wrong thing. Oh, yeah. When you look at the wrong thing, you start thinking wrong thoughts. When you look at the right thing, you start thinking right thoughts. And then the choices will follow. And then the end result will follow the choices. Oh, look how simple I just made it. Wow. What was the main theme of Noah's message? God will not put up with wickedness. I believe that's what it was. I don't think Noah was out there preaching the salvation prayer. Come on, everybody, pray this prayer, get in the boat. No. The boat wasn't made for them. It was made for Noah and his family. I believe Noah's message was, God will not put up with wickedness. And he's going to wash it all away. And that's why even today, oh, there's still wickedness in the world. We need Reform. Reform must take place in the life. If you want to change the way your life is going, you've got to change the way your mind is thinking. It's that simple. I like that. You can can memorize that. If you want to change the way your life is going, you've got to change the way your mind is thinking. There it is. All we've got to do is put in the effort. Can't be lazy minds. We've got to be diligent in our thought life. We've got to be intentional. Oh, yes, we do. We have to be intentional in the way we think. Noah's calling was to prepare a vessel to save the human race. That was his calling because God was going to wipe it out. All gone, down the drain. Was that draino commercial? Wiggle go trouble down the drain? Yeah, they went. Oh, gone. Everybody but ate So, but God used Noah to preserve the human race. And even in that, he did it in great faith. I mean, come on. God said, Noah, it's going to rain like crazy. It's going to rain cats and dogs. Noah's like, cats and dogs are going to fall out of the sky. <laughs> I'm taking a liberty there. It's going to rain a lot, Noah, but it never rained in those days. So that was my faith. I want you to build this big floating vessel. Why? Where am I going to float it? There's no water around here. Noah, do it by faith. And you know what Hebrews 11 says? By faith, Noah. There it is. Noah wasn't a man that you had to give him evidence when he had God. See, there are people that want evidence. You know why? Because they don't have God. I know that there are scientists and doctors, and they don't believe. They have a hard time believing. Why? Because they don't have God. But if they would get God first, they'd see the evidence, and then they would believe. But no, they get it backwards. No, I need evidence first, then I'll believe. Guess what? They'll never believe. They'll never see God and they'll be lost forever why well let's go back to hebrews 11:7 by faith noah being warned by god about things not yet seen god warned noah noah about things that never happened before but in reverence he, pre- he prepared an ark for the salvation of his household in reverence What does it mean to honor God, to reverence God? To believe in him. To act on what he says. To live in faith. That's what it means. And he did it, see, for his household. He didn't do it for the inhabitants of the earth. They were going to be washed away. He did it for his family. The ark of gopher wood was never meant to save men from the flood. It was a last resort to save Noah's own family. Think of it. I mean, come on. The population of the world would never fit into the ark. The ark was a last resort to save mankind through Noah. Many of the prophecies of the Bible, there are never announcements of what shall be. There are announcements of what must be, that these things are going to happen. When God says something, it's like a certainty. This is going to happen. That's why Noah knew the importance of his message. See, Noah walked with God. That's the key. He walked with God. He was a man all alone in a crowd, all alone in the world. He was concerned with the things of the Spirit. They were concerned with the things of the flesh. That's the difference. Now, every Sunday school child knows the story of Noah and the outcome. They know that. We're going to leave him here, waiting under the rainbow, the rainbow of the promise of better days. But three things Noah leaves us with. Number one, even where corruption has risen into a flood, it has never conquered the world Think about that. Evil can get really bad. It'll never conquer the world. Oh, and the Great Tribulation? Look out. It's going to be the worst time human history has ever seen. It still won't conquer the world. No. Why? Because he's got the whole world in his hand. And nothing's greater than Christ. He's got you and me, brother, in his hand has got the little bitty baby in his hand. He's got the whole world in his hand. I like that song. Better bring that one back. So no matter how great evil becomes, God still gets the victory. Number two, God has no promise for the propagation of evil. It is only for the faithful. And it's in, in your own faithfulness that you can share in the promise of God. See, the followers of Christ, we have thousands of promises that we can lean on, that we can look forward to. There are no promises for the evil. There's one certainty the lake of fire. That's it. One. That's all they get. But the people of God, thousands, thousands or promises that we can lean on today and we could look forward to in the future. Number three, I like this. God always has a remnant. People waiting in the wings to do his bidding and share his message. The remnant was one in a whole world, Noah. But he's always got a remnant. Let me ask you, will you be one of them? Will you be part of God's remnant that God will use to bring the message of righteousness versus evil? Because that's what people need to hear. You know, people are going to church today and they're having their ears tickled. It's all about love, love, love. It's like cotton candy. Yes, God is love, but he's also justice. And people need to realize, wait a minute, wait a minute, justice is coming. What side of justice am I on? Am I on the side of justice where my sins have been atoned for? Or am I on the side of justice where I'm still lost in my sins? And I will be the consequence of that. That's the message we get to preach in church. That's the one that saves people and brings them out of darkness into God's light. So, As Noah was a man, all alone in the world, have you ever ever felt like that? Maybe. Maybe you feel like that at work. Maybe you feel like that with some of your friends, you know, and they mock. You know, real friends don't mock someone's religion. I don't know why people do that. They don't know how to be friends, that's why. The world hasn't changed very much since the days of Noah people are still seeped in evil. We have these wars going on in the Middle East. I'm like, are you kidding me? People just, for no reason, firing missiles and guns and blowing up buildings and killing children and innocent people. For what? For what? I can tell you for what. For evil. That's the battle of righteousness versus evil. It's all around us. So as a Christian, man, woman, whatever you are, and by the way, you're either one. You're not like both or none. You're either, (laughs) you're either one. Perhaps you felt that you were against the world or uh, the world is against you. It's not comfortable. And I'm sure for 120 years, though Noah was serving God, it was pretty difficult. Who knows what people were saying to him? Seems like there's always those that mock People that are serious with God. Nehemiah is rebuilding the wall around Jerusalem, and here come the naysayers. Oh, even if a fox leans up against it, that wall is going to fall down. Because we live in a world of evil. So at work, people will gossip, steal, complain, arrive late, leave early, break promises. You know why? Because that's evil. That's why. I'm going to say it like it is. It's evil. At home, people live, they cohabitate as if they're married, but they're not. They live with the same sex and enjoy marriage as if they were normal, but they're not. It's abnormal, by the way. Uh, Friends, they don't share your convictions. So you're on the bowling team, but you're all alone. So like Noah, we often have to pay a price for living the Christian life. We do. The price could be loneliness, being ostracized, made fun of. Whenever you feel like you are a man or a woman against the world, rejoice. You know why? Because of what Jesus said. Blessed are you when people insult you, and persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. By the way, not because of you, but because of me, because of your faith. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward in heaven, it's great. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. So like No, like Noah, you know what you're going to hear? Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of the master. Oh, isn't it worth it hearing that? From Jesus himself? Are you kidding? He looks you right in the eye and he says, Well done. Good job. I saw you down there. And you stood strong. You stood faithful. You didn't waver. Well done, good and faithful servant. Look, there's the joy that's been waiting for you. Wanna be great to meet Noah in heaven? Noah, what was it like? Tell me. <laughs> Well, he'll tell you. Don't worry. We'll have all of eternity to hear his story. Next time we're together, we're going to take a look at, uh uh-oh, Abraham. You know Abraham's got a story? Oh, yeah. Abraham's the father of our faith. Boy, what God did with him, incredible. Incredible. So stick with me on this whole series of Bible Men and follow up at the Hope Club podcast. They'll all be there. You can find that podcast anywhere podcasts are found.